In 2008, I was privileged to interview the Jehezkel Kaufman Professor of Biblical Studies at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, Israel Kanal. His area of expertise is the Hebrew Bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls. He was in Houston to share about his research during an exhibit at the Houston Museum of Natural Science. The exhibit was called The Birth of Christianity, a Jewish Story. It involved ancient manuscripts including the war scroll found in the archive of texts known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. There were also ossuaries and other artifacts from the dawn of the Common Era. The main artifact on display was the Gabriel Revelation, a stone tablet found in the desert that provides us with insights into the development of Jewish mystical writings. This archaeological artifact is a historical document which attests to the messianic trends in ancient times. Through my exploration of this topic, I will include an analysis of the content of the, of the inscription, information on its original discovery, the condition and original production of the tablet, as well as some of the controversies around its interpretation. The book will also discuss the connection between the Gabriel Revelation and other mystical books written around the Second Temple period. In addition, the relationship of the discovery to the Dead Sea Scrolls and early Christianity will be explored, including an investigation of its anthropological and archaeological significance. When we study the relationship between archaeology and the Bible, as well as the historical background of Second Temple Judaism, we must consider some of the archaeological finds which have appeared around the Dead Sea area. One amazing example, the Gabriel Revelation tablet, can provide insights into the development of Jewish mysticism and theology. One of the scholars who has studied the subject extensively is Israel Kanal. His book, Messiahs and Resurrection in the Gabriel Revelation, was written around the controversial theory which explains the text written in this archaeological artifact. He believed up until recent that the followers of a messianic leader created the tablet. This took place as his death inspired his followers to have a hope for his resurrection. I will explore his theory and the connection between Gabriel Revelation and the Dead Sea Scrolls as well as the New Testament, all documents written around the Second Temple period. While examining this document, one must keep in mind the mystical and messianic trends during the Second Temple period. According to Gershom Sholem, the scenes and Christians share powerful ideas. Quote, The priest of the end of days, the priestly Messiah, who appears in the Habakkuk commentary of the Dead Sea sectarians, will be able to interpret the visions of the ancient prophets regarding the total course of history of Israel. End quote. Similarly, the Gabriel Revelation is filled with many allusions to the biblical books, such as Zechariah and Daniel, which were popular in the Second Temple period. Sections of the text can be compared to Psalm of Solomon, chapter 17, verse 21, and the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 27, as well as the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. Israel Kenol has noted that Sefer Zerubbabel, which is not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, but could have been originally written during the same time period, is the closest document to the Gabriel Revelation. Archaeological Significance According to Paul Bond, archaeology is, quote, the study of the human past through the material traces of that of it that have survived, end quote. Archaeology is also considered a branch of anthropology, 
which studies the development of civilization comparing different societies and cultures. In this case, the archaeological find of the Gabriel Revelation is an example of multiple Jewish communities being part of the same mystical continuum during the Second Temple period. Considered the most important document after the discovery of Dead Sea Scrolls, the Gabriel Revelation is owned by collector David Yassel son of Zurich and has been legitimized by Ada Yardeni. This great limestone, presumably an ancient steel bearing a Hebrew inscription, measures three feet by one foot and is written in ink, not engraved. The text of the Gabriel Revelation contains a total of 87 lines. The tablet is broken in three pieces and is illegible in some sections. Scholarly opinion is that the, in Hebrew, Hasson Gabriel is authentic and dates for the, from the first century before the Common Era or the early first century of the Common Era. Historical Critical Method Edgar Krenz, in his book, The Historical Critical Method, quotes Ulrich Wilkins' definition of scientific biblical interpretation as follows. Quote, the only scientifically responsible interpretation of the Bible is that investigation of the biblical text that, with a methodologically consistent use of historical understanding and the present state of its art, seeks via reconstruction to recognize and describe the meaning of these texts. End quote. Some people consider this method to be anti-supernationalist, since it seems to deny divine revelation as significant in the development of ancient history. As a term, the historical critical method, quote, encompasses the underlying conception of the nature and power of historical reasoning on which historical criticism rests. That is from Solon Handbook of Biblical Criticism. With this approach in mind, we must evaluate the book that influenced the Gabriel Revelation, such as the Book of Daniel. As we seek to reconstruct the historical events around this text, we must become familiar with the biblical passages that influence its literary composition. For example, the passage in Daniel chapter 9, which speaks of an anointed one being cut off and killed, has been interpreted by scholars as a reference to the priest Onias being assassinated during the Maccabean Revolt. Canole's interpretation of the same term in the Gabriel Revelation is connected to one of the first century messianic contenders, such as Judah of Galilee, Simon Perea, and Andronages of Emmaus. Quote, the Gabriel Revelation may serve to locate the time and place of, his, of the death of this prince of princesses. He thus may be identified with some, probably, Simon, the most prominent leader of the year four before the Common Era's rebellion, who was a tall, sturdy man who flourished in Jordan, he proclaimed himself to be king, adorned himself with a, with a crown, and was accepted by his followers as a monarch, harbinger of messianic hopes. End quote. That's from Canole's book Messiahs and Resurrection in the Gabriel Revelation. And all suggest that these ideas gave rise to the theology in the gospel surrounding the preacher of Nazareth. His premise is that the tablet predates the Jesus movement and Jesus himself was influenced by it. 
However, the tablet focuses on two messiahs, the son of David and the son of Ephraim, which Christians view as the same person. Historical Reconstruction Historical biblical books such as Daniel and 4th Ezra, written before the 1st century, are possibly influenced by Hellenism. However, there is a minority opinion that dates the book of Daniel based on the Hebrew and Aramaic language used in its redaction. Bas Holtz considers the similarities between the prayer of Nabalus, which is older than the 2nd century before the Common Era, he also connects the book of Job and the Genesis Apocryphon, placing the book of Daniel earlier than the common theory proposed by scholars. Kenoa believes that the Gabriel Revelation was written around the time of the year 4 before the Common Era, during the rebellion. Quote, it was composed in response to the Roman army's brutal suppression of the rebellion. Its author, seeking to raise the spirits of people, announced that redemption is at hand. The text concludes with a scene of resurrection. Gabriel's order, by three days live, appears in the 80th line of the text. The following line states that a leader, a prince of princesses, was put to death. His corpse turned to dung amid the rocky crevices. The historical and cultural aspects of a text are believed to influence the literature of a group of people. Interpreting the data and its genre. The historical and cultural aspects of a text are believed to influence the literature of a group of people. As we analyze and compare the text structure and content, we must use critical skills to find insightful information. We must also keep in mind the original context of the text and the significance of its original audience. Kenol has divided the text of Gabriel Revelation into two sections. Quote, the first half describes an eschatological war in which the nations of the world besiege Jerusalem, expelling its residents from the city. God, in response, sends my servant David to ask Ephraim, the Messiah son of Joseph, to place a sign, presumably heralding the coming redemption. The text goes on to describe the vanquishing of the Antichrist and its forces of evil. God himself appears together with his angels to defeat the enemies. The second half of the Gabriel Revelation focuses on death and resurrection. God declares the blood of those slain by the enemies will become the chariot in which they will ascend to heaven. The text also refers to three leaders, shepherds sent by God to his people, who were killed in battle. The last paragraph cites the words of the archangel, Gabriel, ordering his interlocutor, who remains unknown, to return to life after three days, by three days live. End quote. This is from The Messiah's and Resurrection and the Gabriel Revelation, the book by Israel Kenal. According to Yardini, who dated the document, the text is unique in its content and form. He feels that this collection of sorts of short prophecies addressed to someone in the second person is very similar to the prophetic books of the Bible, showing an affinity for biblical concepts. Jewish Apocalypses Scholars have demonstrated that Jewish apocalyptic literature existed in many forms in both biblical and extra-biblical books such as Daniel, Enoch, the Testament of Moses, the fourth book of Ezra, and others. 
The Testament of Moses particularly is believed to have been created around the time of the Cave of Revelation. Kenol also proposes that parts of the book of Revelation were fashioned with more of a legendary and symbolic elements. The Gabriel Revelation speaks of an enemy of the Messiah or Antichrist figure, which is similar, in some, which in similar language is described in the Book of Revelation and in some of the Dead Sea Scrolls as the Angel of the Pit and the Spirit of Abaddon. At the same time, Busset and Flusser have shown parallels between the Book of Revelation and Sefer Zerubbabel, a Jewish mythology is believed to be behind Revelation chapter 12 and other apocalypses of that period. Comparative method. Many scholars believe that the narrative of the people of Israel is distinctive but not unique as it shares some features of other cultures. As we draw comparisons between ancient Israel and other civilizations, we must take into consideration the geographical, literary, historical, and cultural ideas of other ethnic groups. Although Persian mythology has been mentioned as a possible source for the angiology of biblical and apocryphal works, the comparative method has been unfruitful in some respects. Scholars who compare Israelites with other cultures are not always driven by critical methods, but as times base their findings on preconceived notions. Leonard Greenspoon conveys that some scholars read ideas into the Hebrew Bible, such as sacred marriages among Davidic kings and a pre-Christian death and resurrection of God that are foreign to the biblical text. On the other hand, there are similarities in Canaanite language and concepts described in biblical literature, exhibiting that scholars call the Baal element. The Hebrew Bible portrays God as a divine warrior, having power over the living and the dead, similar to the Canaanite deity Baal. This could be the origin of the Israelite belief in resurrection something mentioned in the Gabriel Revelation. Ancient Near East Parallels German scholars of the past two centuries developed many theories to explain the origin for Messianic ideas in the Jewish movements leading up to the first century. This includes Gunkel, who espoused the theory that the Bible was directly influenced by outside forces, finding parallels with Near Eastern mythological beliefs he also proposed that the messianism and Christ's cold. He proposed that the myth of Messiah was original to the Jewish imagination. In William Horbury's book, Jewish Messianism and Christ's cold, he shows that Gunkel expressed the idea that some Talmudic passages, such as Lamentations Rabbah, chapter 1, verse 51, and chapter 1, verse 16, and the Jerusalem Talmud, Section Berachot, chapter 2, verse 3, and 5a predate the book of Revelation, influencing Jewish Messianic theology. Gabriel's Revelation shows similar characteristics of what Wilhelmsen considered giving rise to Messianic hope, the concept of a Jewish theocracy. The Essenes and Qumran The Essenes were one group that was active in the area where the Gabriel Revelation was found, and are most likely the writers of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Josephus, the first century historian, Philo, the philosopher of the first century, and the Roman author Pliny the Elder described them as a ritualistic and sectarian group. However, all, they also had apocalyptic expectations. The historical background of the writers of the Gabriel Revelation 
appears different than the Essene sect in Qumran, which originated in ancient Israelite mystic groups and during the second century before the common era were led by a teacher of righteousness to the wilderness to create their own community. Relationship to Dead Sea Scrolls In relation to Dead Sea Scrolls, the tablet is different than the Essene text in many ways. According to Gesa Bermesh, the writers of Dead Sea Scrolls referred to biblical passages to make their points and in his research encountered the following evidence of this. Quote, From the text available in 1988, I collected over 50 examples of Bible citations which were used as proof in doctrinal expositions, thus indicating that they were taught to possess special religious or doctrinal importance. End quote. And that's from Gesaber Mesh's book, The Complete Dead Sea Scrolls, in English. Quote, the Giver tablet does not quote any scripture but alludes to it. One similarity is the use of pseudonyms for the characters in the text. Quote, the sectarian persons and events mentioned in the manuscripts are depicted in cryptic language as fulfillment of ancient prophecies relating to the last age. End quote. That's from the book Biblical Proof Texts in Qumran Literature. According to Kenol, there are significant differences between the artifact we are discussing and the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Essenes use the term Ephraim differently, in a negative way, relating it to the Pharisees. They consider them to be builders of the wall, a phrase similar to the building of fence around the Torah used in later rabbinical literature. The builders of the wall who followed, walked after the commandment, or the commander, is the preacher about whom he, God or the prophet, said in Micah chapter 2 verse 6, they shall surely preach. They even render impure the Holy Spirit and in blasphemous terms open their mouths against the laws of the covenant of God, saying, they're not correct, and they spoke abomination about them. All these things the builders of the wall and daubers of plaster did not understand. For one who raises wind and preaches falsehood preached to them, because of which God became angry with his entire congregation. That was a polemic written by the Dead Sea community against the Pharisees. The Gabriel Revelation also speaks of the angel Gabriel and Michael. Michael is considered a messianic figure in the Dead Sea Scrolls. For example, the following text was found at Qumran. Quote, the host of the sons of light commanded by the prince of the congregation were to be supported by the angelic armies led by the prince of light, also known as the scrolls as the archangel Michael or Melchizedek. That's from Gesaber Mesh, the complete Dead Sea Scrolls in English. Canole's reading of the Gabriel Revelation described King David going to the Messiah of Ephraim, one of the tribes of ancient Israel, and asking for a sign. In the Qumran text, their messianism is more complex. For, him, for them, God himself is the supreme agent of salvation, and after him in importance is Michael. In some other scrolls, by contrast, the theme of messianism is more prominent. Complex and sui generis, it envisions sometimes one messianic figure, royal, Davidic, triumphant. Again and again, two and once possibly even three messiahs. The lay king messiah, otherwise known as the branch of David, the messiah of Israel, the prince of all the congregation, and the scepter, was to usher in, according to the sex book of blessings, the kingdom of the people and bring death to the ungodly and defeat the kings of the nations. 
The Dead Sea Scrolls often speak of a combination of priestly Messiah and royal one. In the Gabriel Revelation, David and Ephraim are mentioned, but Ephraim is not priestly. However, the tablet describes a war against an enemy of God defined by Canol as the Antichrist, which is often discussed in the Dead Sea Scrolls in detail as described by Vermesh. Quote, the final conflict would end with the total defeat of the king of the Kittim and Satan's host and with the joyful celebrations of the hero, which is known as God by the victorious sons of light. The Kittim are usually connected to the Romans. Early Traditions for Messiah ben Joseph, or Son of Joseph. Kenos assertion that in given revelation, the idea of the Messiah dying and rising on the third day is introduced for the first time. This assertion is the most controversial due to the tension between Christianity and Judaism. Although Christians claim that the prophet Hosea first mentioned this idea, most Jewish scholars consider this passage to be a metaphor for the entire people of Israel. In the Hebrew Bible, there are other examples of similar phrase. By three days, you should know. Appear in Exodus chapter 19, verse 15, Amos chapter 4, verse 4, and Ezra chapter 10, verse 8. However, most secular scholars agree that neither the suffering of the Messiah nor his death and resurrection appear to be part of the faith of the first century Judaism. The Dead Sea Scrolls have revealed that the expectations of different Jewish communities were more diverse during the Second Temple period regarding the Messiah than some scholars are willing to admit. Rabbi Byron Sherwin, in his paper, Who Do You Say That I Am? Mark chapter 8, verse 29, A New View of Jesus, believes that the concept of the Messiah, son of Joseph, was developed by late rabbinic writers as a way to bring Jewish Christians back to Judaism. Counter-argument Israel Kenol has recanted his views on this text after much pressure from his colleagues. In a recent book edited by Matthias Hans, Hassan Gabriel, New Readings of the Gabriel Revelation, Kenol dismisses the most contentious aspect of his original theory after much criticism by other scholars. He has retracted from his premise and agreed with Ronald Hendel that line 80 of the Gabriel Revelation which says by three days live, should instead be read as the Messiah being asked to show a sign, not resurrect. Other scholars like John J. Collins and Adela Yarbrough Collins, authors quoted extensively in his research, argue against this theory as well. They show not only that the Messiah isn't mentioned in Gabriel Revelations, since the text is difficult to decipher, but propose that it is historically impossible for the Messiah's son of Joseph to appear before the Bar Kokhba revolt, which happened in the second century. In my opinion, it appears that Kenol, after publishing his first book, The Messiah Before Jesus, in 2000, became involved in investigating the Gabriel Revelation in an attempt to redevelop his original theory. The premise of his previous book involved a heretic from Qumran who brought about this idea of divine equality with God to the imaginations of Jesus and his followers. In the most recent book, Kenol discusses this as part of the influence of Roman paganism and Jewish thought. In conclusion, Kenol's assertions convey a battle between light and darkness common both Dead Sea Scrolls and the New Testament, what Gershom Sholem called catastrophic messianism. I believe, just like Sholem, 
the mystical views common to the community Qumran and other subgroups cannot be understood in terms of rejection of the established order alone. It involves equally the assertion of the positive counterstructure, which has its own coherence. On the one hand, the early Christians saw themselves as inheritors of divine calling in this world, while the followers of Simon, one of the possible messianic figures mentioned in the tablet, chose direct combat against the Romans leading to their demise. Ancient documents which speak about the end of the world can be approached in different ways. Some scholars discuss this cultological mindset of mystical writers as being an alternative symbolic universe, while others see it as a symbolic counter-universe, especially as apocalypticism was not always hopeless. Kenoll's theory is compelling, as in the Gabriel Revelation, we find a group of surviving followers of a messianic king trying to make sense of their laws, just like Jesus' disciples. These concepts drove different communities and sects in the Second Temple period to see themselves as the true keepers of the covenant in Sinai and to picture their leader as the only hope for humanity. We now turn to an interview with Israel Kenoll in 2008 at the Museum of Natural Science, where he discussed further his findings. I'm uh, the Hezekiel Kaufman Professor of Biblical Studies at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. And I do research on, on the Hebrew Bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls. So these are the main areas of my uh, research. Okay. Um, what was taking place at the time that the tablet was written? What's the history behind? Uh, in my view, the tablet uh, was written uh, immediately after uh, a great rebellion uh, which took place in the year 4 BCE. This is immediately after the death of Herod. And the rebellion was against uh, the regime of the Herodian family and uh, the Roman army who dominated uh, the land of Israel in this time. So uh, this rebellion was crushed um, brutally by the Roman Empire, and uh, I believe this is the background of the writing of this document. Uh, who created it and what was its purpose? Uh, I believe it was created by a followers of a messianic leader uh, of a group uh, of people who followed him and he was killed during his war against uh, the Romans um, and they uh, reflect to the fact of his, the death of their messianic leader. What is the relation between the tablet and the Dead Sea Scrolls? It is not related very much. I mean, there is a, in the popular media, it is called uh, a Dead Sea um, Scroll on Stone, but it is not connected to this group. The ideology is, is different. Um, how similar or how different is this group from Jesus and his followers? Well, it's predated. Jesus and his followers, I believe that Jesus himself was influenced by this um, uh, uh, document. And 
where do you see in the in the tablet where it mentions the Messiah? I know there's a debate about if it actually mentions a messianic figure. Uh, we have uh, this is the sentence um, uh, where uh, God is uh, sending David. Is uh, talking to David and saying to him, "My servant David." go to Ephraim and ask him to put the sign. And uh, so we have here uh, David, who is, you know, the, the messianic figure of David, and also the other figure, which is known from Jewish sources, which is Ephraim, or the son of Joseph. In later Jewish traditions, we have two messiahs, the son of David, and the son of Joseph, or Ephraim. So this is the first uh, times that we see these two messiahs functioning together. Um, I noticed that it mentions also uh, Michael. Yes, the um, angel, yes. Does the angel Michael represent a messianic figure? or is it, No, is angels are not messianic figures, they are angels. Mm -hmm. So Michael is there, of course, Gabriel is there, he's speaking in at least in the last part of the document, but they are angels, they are not messianic figures. Okay. Um, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it speaks of Melchizedek, Melchizedek, and um, and two two messiahs, one royal and one priestly. Is is this a similarity in the tablet? Well, this is one of the points of difference because uh, uh, unlike the Dead Sea Scrolls, where we have combination of the priestly messiah and the royal messiah. Here we have David and Ephraim. So David is a royal messiah, of course, but Ephraim is not a priestly figure. Ephraim, Joseph, these are not priestly figures. So this is one of the differences that we have. It's a different messianic conception, so, one which is not to be found in scrolls. So at that time, they, they expected for these two messiahs to come very soon or later in the future, in the end of uh, this? Well, the expectation in this, uh, it, uh, we have a similar situation in the schools and here in the sense that both groups, uh, both groups expected the messiah to come very soon. Okay. Um, which book in the Bible relates the most to the tablet? I would say Zechariah and Daniel, okay. the two of them. What new developments in our understanding of the first century can be derived from the tablet? It's first century BC, the tablet, not first century. Uh, so we can see that at the end of the first century, uh, that already in this time, this is around the time when Jesus was born, that the figure of a suffering Messiah probably also the expectations that the Messiah will die and rise on the third day already existed in Judaism um, uh, before the messianic activity of Jesus. So he could rely on this uh, expectation when he uh, was claiming that the Son of Man is going to die and rise after these three days. Where does the passage of rising after three days come in the Bible? Like, where does it appear? 
Uh, it is um, appears in the book of Hosea, but there it is a metaphor from for the entire people of Israel. Um, but uh, it was taken later and applied to the Messiah. Based on your observations, were Jesus and his disciples teaching anything different than the rest of the Jewish groups at that time? Well, uh, this very idea of uh, suffering, dying, and the rising Messiah uh, was unique. Um, I see it here in the gradual revelation, but this is not to say that all Jews of the time knew about this concept. It was formed in a small circle. Uh, it was not known to many people. So um, when Jesus spoke about these ideas, people did not understand him because the general expectation was to a triumphal Messiah, not to a suffering and dying Messiah. Was this an inner Jewish debate about the Messiah? Uh, what do you think was the, the biggest thing that brought about a division between the different groups? Um, well, uh, there was a debate. I mean, different groups had different opinions. Um, uh, uh, I think um, in the big step or separation of Christians, the Christian followers of, of, of Jesus from the rest of the Jewish people. Um, the first step was um, their belief that uh, the Messiah already came. So, and they stopped to expect uh, the coming of a Messiah to redeem Israel politically. This was, I believe, the first step toward the separation. Do you agree with Professor Hensi that Christianity did not officially separate from Judaism until the third or the fourth centuries when the creeds were written? Uh, that's true, but uh, uh, officially. But I believe uh, uh, there were already steps in this direction taken, the first is the one I've mentioned, and the second was uh, with Paul uh, when he gave up the fulfillment of the commandments. This was a major act toward the separation, but not every Christian accepted it. There were those who did not accept it. So it was a gradual process. It didn't didn't uh, take place in one year, just, you know, uh, uh, during some, some time. What happened to the group that wrote the tablet? Uh, we know some documents which were influenced by it, like the book of the Obaba and others. So I believe we are not speaking about just, you know, one copy of written in stone. I believe it was copied to scrolls and, and was, you know, uh, read by different people. It had an important impact on, on 
following years, but I don't know uh, what happened to people themselves. I don't know. Do you think that persecution from the Roman Empire or any form of anti-Semitism um, influenced this group to to consider the coming of the Messiah at their time? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not just... Uh, 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 we, we can speak about, yeah, it's... Uh, um, they wanted... Uh, uh, Liberty. They wanted independence. They didn't want uh, the Romans to rule them. They didn't want uh, the Herodian family to rule them because they were perceived as illegal rulers. And they wanted to go back to uh, being an independent, liberated people. Do you believe that... Um Every Jewish group suffered persecution from the Romans? Um, uh, the, the, the people as a whole was, uh, uh, you know, suffering. It, it was uh, uh, like, I mean, it, this was not so much unique only to Jews. I mean, all people which were subjects to, to, Roman, to the Roman Empire suffered in terms of taxes and, and other things. And... Uh, so uh, I don't think that the Romans had anything uh, uh, unique against Jews in the first stages, but they suffered like, like many other nations in this time. What do you think about um, the people who have a different interpretation of the tablet? Like you, whom? Um, well, I read in our archaeological, biblical archaeological review that uh, some people don't see a figure of the Messiah in the in the text. They they think that it is just very broad. Um, what would be your um, your major point of, of contention to to prove that it does uh, speak of, of the Messiah and speak of? The... Uh, uh, we have, uh, uh, as I said, David and uh, Ephraim, uh, which is I said. As I said, a very known combination of messianic figures, and in my view, also the term "prince of princes" is in, in, in this document. It is borrowed from Daniel in the book of Daniel. It is not uh, a messianic title, but I believe in this document, it is a messianic title. Thank you very much. You're welcome.